sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, John. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation coming up this hour. Schmidt Dua. Next segment, we'll talk about the Pelicans. Ben Heisler, Fantasy Football 130. We'll check in with Blake Dean over at the Lakefront. Got himself a contract extension over the next four years. Why don't you see how he's doing again? Baseball around the corner, playing a little fall ball. They get going in February. It's not that far away. It's two months, if you can believe it. Um, so after, you know, the season, uh, the, the calendar year, so four months total. Anyway, Lee Sterling, 215, Chip Patterson, 230, Jay Walker, voice of the Cajuns, as on Thursday, we like to talk to the voices of some of the schools. Uh, we'll be talking at 205 about the Raging Cajuns playing tonight. So last night, Pels go down. They lose to the Kings. Tough game. 112-99. There were moments. There were moments where the team, again, sort of like the night before against Phoenix, had, uh, had, had their moments. It made some runs, had a brief lead, kind of trailed most of the game, but you saw some things. And look, one of the things that I'll ask Shimon about this too, we finally saw Billy Hernan Gomez. And I'm not, I, I, I get why, but there's a part of me that's almost ready to be like, you know what, we need to play him. Oh, here we go again, you know? Is it time to bench Jackson Hayes? I, I just, I, I don't know where I am with him other than in the prevailing feeling is I don't know what he does well better than anyone else in terms of like, you know, he's exceptional at the rim, he can shoot or... Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the fit is. I, and I remember when he first came up, again, this is a top 10 pick. If they don't, if there aren't injuries, there was belief he was going to the G League. Maybe that might not be a bad idea before I give up on it. Cause initially I'm just, I'm just, I'm watching these games I'm like, let's trade them. See what you can get out of them. But I'm like, you know what? I keep hearing it, and there is maybe perhaps this potential. You see the athleticism at times. You see spurts. But I also see a lot of indecisiveness, not very good play, lack of awareness, and is he really bringing anything at the time you're on the court? I need impact. I need impact. Billy Hernan Gomez comes in and goes to the free throw line. I mean, I just, like, where's my impact? That's all. That's all I'm saying. Billy Buckets. Left-hand dribble back out long to Graham. Graham to the dotted line. Shovels to Billy. Teardrop in from about five feet. First points of the season for Billy Hernan Gomez. And, and look, it shouldn't have, to me, to me, it shouldn't have taken the nine games. Najee Marshall, him, they kind of play a certain way. I, I, so, I don't know. I'm going to ask Schmidt what I do. What would you do with Jackson Hayes? Because right now, you're going to have to argue or give me an argument for playing him over Billy Hernan Gomez other than, you got to give me something other than, well, he's a high draft pick and we need to develop him. Okay. I mean, that that's a, that's a fair argument. You drafted him in the top 10. You've got to play him. See what you can get out of him. See what you're going. I'm just asking out loud. Do you see that developing into something? What is it that you do it? I don't know. Jimmy, thank you for giving us a call here on the show. What you got for us? Hello, Jimmy. Your buddy, uh, Ma, can you hear me, Gus? Yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, I was going to say, uh, looks like that LSU quarterback's transferring to your alma mater, Southern Miss, Miles Brennan. And you know what? At least. That's not a bad place to go, man. Or not, that'd be a mm-hmm. great thing because Southern Miss football ain't what it used to be. No, anyway, and Will Hall's there, you know, and Will Hall's there, and he did pretty good here while he was at Tulane, and he's respected. He's got to rehab everything because I heard they got F swack level players from Hobson days. That's what I heard, but dude, it's bad. Hey, he's got a clear house for a couple <laughs> years. It's bad. Anyway, um, Pelicans. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to say this. Okay, myself and my family went to the game last Saturday. Mm-hmm. There were tickets. On the secondary market, I'm not going to say which website, but 
I mean, they've had two $3 tickets. They had tickets for $1 last weekend, Gus. $1. Okay, now, now last Saturday we went to the Knicks game for $3 a piece. Couldn't beat it. We brought the whole family, my kids, my wife. Saturday night against the biggest market in the country, New York Knicks, we had 4,000 people maybe in the crowd. Okay, 4,000. Uh, we were in the upper deck. It, the, the concession stand, seeing it was like a funeral out there, Gus. When I went to go get nachos and stuff, it was like, it's just a very morbid feeling. It was a Saturday night. Now, I know that Zion's hurt. Now, Ingram's hurt. It's the beginning of the season. I get it. The Saints are still playing. It's holiday season, I guess you could say. All that stuff, okay? As, it was the night before Halloween. But still, 4,000 people, that's about what I counted in there. Uh, approximately, okay? I felt like I was in the Major League movie where the woman's watching the fall of the Indians and, you know, no one's in the stands. There's no Jabu. There's no uh, wild thing coming. It's like we're at the lowest point. And I've been, I've called you up about the Pelicans and the Hornets before, back when you used to do your show with Larry Holder on the other sh- uh, station or whatever it was. Right. And I've seen all the low points, the quote, the attendance quotas, you know, George Thin, we almost lost the team, uh, Katrina, OKC, Chris Paul, we lose him, we lost Anthony Davis, Zion being overweight now, David Griffin, Alvin Gentry, I've, I've seen it all. I've never been to a game where I was more depressed, regardless of the outcome, just the feeling in there, very morbid, the attendance is so low, the prices are so low, you can't give the tickets away. And let me say this about Jackson Hayes and, and Nall. Okay, Jackson Hayes to me, there is some residual value there. I, I feel like feel like he brings something on defense. But I will say this. Nicole Alexander Walker, however you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. I, I know David Griffin really likes him. I got the sense, or at least I heard the rumor that, you know, he was telling Gentry to play him, or he tells Willie Green, hey, play him a lot. Uh, my estimation as a as a fan, Gus, is that he is below a G level player, a G League player. I he's not physically strong, takes a lot of shots, he isolates too much. Just like Lonzo Ball said last week to his Bulls teammates, we know what the Pelicans are going to do. I used to be on their team. Uh, Ingram isolates. Oh, well, no correction. Ingram shoots the mid shot, the mid range shot. He like he doesn't like to pass the ball, and neither does Nall. He'll just chuck up three-pointers. My take on him is he's below a G League-level player, and we're starting this guy. We're getting him like 28 minutes a game. I just don't see the long-term value. I never see Nicole Alexander-Walker as being a starter in the NBA. I don't know if that's Griffin pushing that or what, Mm -hmm. but like I said, I'll close it like this. Mm -hmm. This is the lowest point in franchise history. We've lost two basketball franchises before here, the ABA Buccaneers and the uh, Jazz. Almost lost the Hornets. I know. I don't know what the deal is with Zion's weight. Obviously, that was it's it's kind of comical and sad at the same time. But I tell you what, as a fan, this is the lowest I've ever been from a, a morale standpoint ever through all the other things. We lost Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, Hall of Fame level talent. We we ruined all of it. Is going to that game last week, Gus, and there was four thousand people there on a Saturday night. At the beginning of the season, now I know we're like one and eight or whatever, but already the fan base is not there, and I, I picture Gail Benson in her suite, like like that movie Major League, just staring out at the abyss and being like, "What's next?" Because I mean, the city—if they want to save this franchise, look—if nothing else, go to a game for a dollar piece. Because the rest of the season, that's how much they're going to cost online, Gus. A mm-hmm. dollar a piece on the secondary market—that tells you a lot. Well, you got to win. I mean, it's it's brutal, it's tough, but that's the reality. Got to win. And you won an eight. And unfortunately, since they've been here, they've had a couple of seasons. Now, again, it's what I said yesterday. It all kind of starts to blend and mesh together. It's all for different reasons. When you have these slow starts or whether it's injuries. I just, again, I, I believe me, you know me, I'll go nuclear. I'm just, I'm at the pause right now. I hit pause. I think there's things we can discuss, like I said, with Schmidt and Jimmy. I, I, what, what do I do with Jackson? He brings up Nikhil. You see the moments and the stretches? 
Now, again, comparing those two, because they came in the same draft class as Zion, I do continue to perhaps play Nikhil, like, because you do see he can shoot, he can do, and I do think with him the more minutes, it can refine, it can be better, and, and he will improve. My, again, and it's not a disrespectful, I don't like or care for Jackson Hayes thing. It's a, somebody tell me what is it that he's trying to develop and be. W- w- what are you? Are you JaVel McGee? Are you somebody who comes in and gives me energy for eight to ten minutes and you're just dunking and you're shot? Like, what is your niche? I can't answer that. I honestly don't know. So there's certain aspects of it. Again, and you know, again, this is just me. Trey Murphy looks like a completely different player than we saw. Well, Gus, I told you, see, G League's different than stop it. I think for I, I I don't know how this came to be where all of a sudden he's a sit in the corner, wait for a shot three guy. That's not what I saw in Summer League. He caught and shot threes there, but he drove to the basket. He guarded in the perimeter. He drove and kicked. He has basketball IQ. He stole the ball by the box, you know, in the paint and off the elbow. Like, I just, there, there's certain things that I saw that I'm not seeing right now. So, is it usage? Is it who he's playing with? I just, again, it's just me. But why is Josh Hart starting? This, this is just me. I, I, I Gus, he's a veteran. Great. If we're going to go young and try to work on people, throw him in there. I Just give me one game. If he's absolutely terrible, then start Temple and start Hart. But start Murphy. Why not? I think he's one of those guys that needs to play with the other guys that can drive and penetrate and kick like Valentinus and Graham, and I think Murphy will benefit from it. That's just me. I'm not a GM. So that's what it is. Again, I, I don't how is that Billy Hernan Gomez's first game? Hmm. Here's Willie after the game on him. I well, just in practice in general, Billy has been working. Uh he's he's working his tail off. He plays extremely hard and we needed his effort and energy, especially with Lynn as big as he is as the backup center. So we wanted to match his his minutes up a little bit with Lynn to give us a better look. As for the developments of Naw and Hayes, this is the head coach, how he sees it going. I think they both are continuing to get better. It's a long season. And, you know, I don't think, for me, I'm, I, want, I want to judge anything right now. Uh, it's a long season. We still got a long ways to go. And we have a lot of room for improvement. Those guys, are they, they work, and we'll, we'll just get better collectively as a team. Cajun Goat, literally, I need you to hold it to 60 to 90 seconds. Schmidt Dew is my next guest. Go. Hello, Men, Goat. no matter what size she wears, there always comes a day when she says, It would definitely be okay if these diamond stud earrings were a little bit bigger. Thousands of women own a pair of Ramsey's diamond studs. When your diamond stud earrings come from Ramsey's, you always get 100% of the current value when you trade up for a larger pair. Find her Ramsey's diamond studs and bring them to us. You'll pay only the difference when you trade up for bigger ones. If she doesn't have a pair of Ramsey stud earrings, you need to fix that. We have them for as little as $299. And Ramsey's diamond stud earrings are cut to glitter in the dark. We're going to package her new diamonds in a fabulous presentation box. And gift wrap it so gorgeously that everyone will take photos. Before she even opens it. And after she opens it? You the man. The largest diamond store in Louisiana is Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. On veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. 
Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. So we bring in Mr. Schmidt Dua. As always, Schmidt, I appreciate the time you give us, sir. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing fine. I'd fear the brown lead writer who purposely shot. I'm doing fine just because I, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I, and, I, and I said this last segment, and, and I'm not lying to you. The Saints lost their starting quarterback and found out their number one receiver is not going to play. And I'm telling you, Schmidt, this week, 80% of my calls have been pals. I mean, it just, it is. Wow. Um, and, 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 and people aren't happy. And I understand that. And every year it's for different reasons. I, and I think it all just kind of blends together. Look at one and eight. I I, I keep saying pause because I just don't know how to judge this season or the job of Griffin or the players that were brought in or the draft class because Schmidt, you don't have your two best players playing. I I just don't know how I can sort of judge that. Right? Yeah, I think it's an exercise in futility. I mean, I think the way you judge it is if they continue to respond to Coach Willie Green. They continue to go out there and play hard, and and you, know, and you see marginal improvements along the way. I think that's what you have to look at. But as far as any big-picture takeaways or anything like that, no. I mean, I don't think there's any kind of conclusions you need to be looking to draw here outside of when is Zion Williamson going to be healthy, and is this going to be a thing for the, for the rest of his career, or at least for a while you know, he's a Pelican. So... I guess when you look at that aspect of it too, and I kind of texted earlier this morning, been seeing, you know, whether it's the tankathon or stealth way to sort of maybe look at it this way. Look, I think there's a, there's a, a very real thing to look at when, when you look at where they are right now. He realistically, Schmidt is probably not going to come back till December, right? I mean, until that happens. And then you say a week or two, three to kind of mesh with the guys and stuff. If this team is in that 10 wins, man, I, I don't know. Am, am I crazy enough to just say, hey, you know, shut it down, go get healthy and all that stuff? Or as a caller called earlier said, no, we need him to have those minutes with the players that he eventually going to move forward with. Yeah, look, I mean, I think he's definitely one of those players that is better served on the court than off. Three, right. We've seen, we've seen, you know, what, what, happened? what happens during the off season. <laughs> we've, we've seen what happens during the rehab. So look, if he's getting out there, you can play him minutes, you can get him minutes with a young core and, kind of try to get some sort of data going into next season, yeah, I think that's okay. But, you know, it's going to be one of those things where by the time all that is ready and, and you know, you're really able to get in stride there, it's too late. And and I'm okay with it being too late because it's already 1-8 and eight right now. Who knows when they're going to win their next game. Uh, you know, <laughs> I just don't think you can pen them in against any team and mark them as a favorite as long as Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram are out. And then once Brandon Ingram is back, you know, maybe there's a handful of teams that you could expect them to be favored in. But, again, can you say that with any kind of confidence? I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, while that's going on, if, if this is a situation where they're like 4-20 and 20 by the time Zion is, is ready to go, hey, that's, that's fine. You know, I think he's going to – going to take his time to get back in a groove they'll probably end the, the season on a high note if, if he's able to finish it out and that's the kind of thing that you need to look for where like the phoenix suns they had an awful season and then they went eight and zero in the bubble and and they kind of used that momentum to carry it into the summer chris ball was willing to come to them and then uh you know the next year they made the finals but they were abjectly awful until until that bubble run and then they went eight and zero in the bubble and that's kind of like what you have to hope for here is you end up with the top 10 pick and the season on a high note. You utilize whatever assets you have in the summer to, to really make a push. And I think they need to be gearing up for, for year four of Zion. I'm 100% agreeing with you. I, I think that's a very realistic 
I'm not giving up sort of way to look at it. I mean, that's just, you know, reality. Um, but let's look at how we sort of, I guess, look at the other pieces, because that's what I said earlier in the show, Schmidt, that you all off season, you know, where people were saying, Hey, look, let's, let's find the right piece and all that. Great. I, I think this roster does have pieces. The problem is right now you're asking them to be the piece and that's not what they're intended to sort of be. So let's kind of break down some of those pieces. Same draft class. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes. Schmidt, I submit to you. What exactly does Jackson Hayes do well? And that's not a trick question. Like, what do you think he does well? What do you think that he can do better than someone else? And where do you see him being? Is he a starter? Is he somebody that you need to develop? Do you go to the G League with him? What do I do with Jackson Hayes? Because right now, Billy Hernan Gomez gets on the court and he gets me more. Now... One isn't a top eight, a top ten pick. The other is. So I get that. So help me clarify. Yeah, it's a tough question, and I think you have to stay the course with Jackson. It's it's one of those things where you can't really send him to the G League because I don't think that developmental situation is best for him. Him getting reps at the NBA level, reps against opponent players, um, reps with NBA players himself is what's going to make him improve. And unfortunately, you know, he's one of the many players on this team that's really, really hurt by a lack of a true creator on this team, right? A true guard or perimeter player who can create for others. You know, you put him next to Chris Paul, and you look at the dimes that Chris Paul is throwing with JaVel McGee, and you put Jackson Hayes out there, there's absolutely no reason, you know, he can't do that stuff, right? He needs he needs that sort of player that can facilitate for others and it's the rest of the players who just are not very good at creating shots for uh their big men and or other shooters right we've seen we've seen jj reddick struggle in the past um until they they turned it over to point zion and then all of a sudden jj found a shot jackson started looking good and all these pieces started to make sense but you know because zion's out and they don't have another person in place that can kind of create that attention and, and draw the defensive pressure and, and leave the lanes open for a guy like Jackson, he's going to suffer. And he'll be, he'll be lost on offense. Defense, it's just repetition. He's just got to mm-hmm. he's gotta get the minutes. He's got to put on the weight to, to bang with the bigger bodies. And, you know, he, he provides a vertical threat that no other person on the team provides. So, you know, the, the potential is there. It's just he, he desperately needs the right pieces around him. Okay. Uh, at Fear of the Browns, the way to follow Schmidt Dewar on Twitter. All right. What about Nikhil Alexander Walker? I'm very disappointed uh, with what I've seen with in, with Nikhil. You know, he was sort of supposed to take the next step. He was supposed to take a leap. And the word out of training camp was that this guy looked incredible. You know, his mm-hmm. shot making looked incredible. And, and there really are moments where he just does stuff on the basketball court that drops your jaw and makes you say, wow. And Unfortunately, it seems like he's trying to do more and more of that jaw-dropping stuff instead of doing the simple stuff, you know, making the simple chest pass, finding the open player, like taking the driving lane when it's there instead of a step back. And so because he's not doing the fundamental and basic stuff enough, his shooting percentages are abysmal, and his shot selection is one of – you know, like a superstar in crunch time when they have, like, no other options, right? Even superstars make their, you know, living on on bread and butter stuff, and then when then opponents start taking that away, then they reach into their bag, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like Nikhil wants to reach into his bag first, and and then when when the shots aren't falling, he gets into his own head, and he spirals downward from there. Help me understand this because I, I I think part of me is this is a fan sort of thing um, that I have in me, or at the same time I'm just kind of wondering. So analytically, I, I think Trey Murphy should start. Like, and again, I I, I get why you start Hart and Temple, the veteran, pro, I whatever. But I think there's something there's something in my gut that tells me maybe this is one of those guys that's better starting a game and playing with the Graham and a Valanciunas than coming off the bench with guys that are struggling, for lack of a better phrase. And I, I don't know, Schmidt, I, he looks completely different than what I saw in summer league or in the preseason. And, and I know people can say, well, it's the preseason or it's summer league. They're not NBA guys. Stop it. It's just... 
I don't know why all of a sudden I feel like this narrative has been built around him where he's J.J. Redick, where he just sits in the corner and waits for a pass to score. That that wasn't the guy that I saw in Virginia, much less in the preseason or summer league. Am I wrong with that? No, I don't. And I think it, it goes back to the same issue that Jackson has. There's no shot creators on this team. They're just there. There are no shot creators on this team. Devontae Graham is the best you have. And he's very good at finding his big men um, okay. in the paint, especially when, when he's utilizing the threat of his shot making. But he's not a, a native um, driver. He's not a person that's going to put his head down, get to the cup, suck in the defense, and then create shots on the perimeter for people. You know, he's, he's one that can create shots in the pick and roll for rolling big men. Uh, but that's, you know, that, that's it. There's no shot creators. And so a guy like Trey Murphy thrives off of attention. Um, players players generate when they get paint touches and the Pelicans have struggled to generate consistent paint touches uh, and defenses are loading up. They realize like, okay, we can just put a person on Trey um, and, and the rest of the people, you know, we can help off of for him. We just need to put a body on him a little bit. And because there's no shot creators, that person never has to leave Trey. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, the volume of shots he's getting are lower than what they saw in preseason, right? In preseason, teams are trying out new things. He's not getting the same kind of defensive attention. Now they're like, okay, cool. We'll leave someone on him. The rest of the people will 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 cheat off of. And and that's one of the things. Like if I'm like, man, if there was a Chris Paul on this team, right. like you look at a guy like Luca, right? He like sprays the corner shooters all the time. It's the Pelicans just don't have that. They don't have anyone who's creating those type of shots. And and that's that's a a roster issue, in my opinion, and I think that's part of why they went after Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul so hard in the offseason, because they recognize us as a need. Okay, good. So you gave me something and a reason and, and, and something to look for now as we get going into the games. Herbert Jones, man. I, I don't think anyone expected him to have that kind of impact. You know, I know sometimes plus-minus is deceiving, but in his case, plus-minus is very telling, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> The Pelicans just win the minutes when he's on the floor. It doesn't matter if he's playing against starters, if he's playing against bench players. doesn't matter who's in the rotation with him. Herbert's on the floor. They're winning those minutes. And that's, that's honestly so impressive for a rookie to come in and just being able to stabilize lineups the way he does. He's just the ultimate – he's already become the ultimate glue guy, right? You put him against anybody. He defends literally people from Trey Young to Carl Anthony Towns. I mean – anything that Coach Willie Green asks of him, Herbert Jones is doing. And I, I'm i excited to see his future on the team, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what it looks like when, when Zion comes back and you can play those small ball units. Everyone's wanted to play Zion at the center, and my, my stance has always been, no, Zion can't play center. You need someone else who can do it right. to defend those other people. And I think you have that in Herbert. I think he can be your guy there. Well, it's the Warriors tomorrow night. I guess we can get to see Steph Curry in that team. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I'll ask you this, though, in 30 seconds. Because they, they they struggled, right, last year without Clay Thompson. What's the difference in your mind? Because they're 6-1. and one. They're playing really good basketball. And, and Curry's not having to drop 40-50 to 50 for them to win. What, what's the biggest difference? Uh, two things. One, they're, they're not playing their young players as much. So, like, Wiseman, uh, Kaminga, Moody – Last year, they relied on Wiseman pretty heavily, and then when Wiseman got hurt and was out of the rotation, they went on that huge run, and Steph Curry erupted. You know, I don't think Wiseman's ready yet, just similarly how we see with Jackson. He's not, not Interesting. right now. Okay. So uh, that's number one. Number two, they have a lot more shooting this year. Jordan Poole's been really good for them. Uh, he can really shoot lights out, and uh, they brought in Otto Porter this time. They have a good defender off the bench in Gary Payton, uh, Gary Payton the second. And then they brought back Andre Iguodala. So they're just a deeper team. I think they just have more shooting. Last time, they just didn't have any shooting, and teams would have to focus on Steph. And it was a bunch of guys breaking on the perimeter. Now now that's a different ball game. And Clay Thompson's coming back in a little bit. So it's, sure is. We'll see what happens on that aspect. Schmidt, always enjoy chatting a little basketball with you, sir. Appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. For sure. At Fear the Brown is the way to follow him over on Twitter. Lead writer for Bourbon Street Shots. Quick break. We come back. It's time for fantasy football. And Mr. Ben Heisler, he will give you his takes and how to help you. Don't ask me. I never win fantasy football. So, Ben, next on ESPN New Orleans. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Surrender. Surrender. 
According to Forbes, gym stores and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet up pent up demands for all these services. Businesses reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where do they turn to fill these roles fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash BART. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-R-T. From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-70-STOP. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. At Benny Heist is the way to follow him over on Twitter. Ben Heisler. Gambling. Fantasy expert. Ben, what are you doing to me, sir? First off, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Gus. I, I apologize that I uh, was not able to uh, to join you last week. It's been uh, a busy time at home. I, I have a, a new sense of appreciation for some of these injuries that uh, that NFL players and, and athletes suffer with my, my wife suffering a uh, broken leg. She, she broke her fibula and her tibia. Man, that that process to recovery is a long, long journey. So it is, it is fun, man. We're just uh, enjoying that life of uh, the road to recovery. But uh, you doing okay? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Uh, first off, I, I saw that, so I was like last week, I'm like, dude, yes, no. I mean, don't worry about it. Um, I'm hoping she's feeling better, and I know it's going to be a bit. But no, when I asked you, um, I said, "What are you doing to me? Don't do this to me," because I, I. I, I get hope in April, but you're getting 80 to one, huh? 80 to one. I, what, what do you mean they're spending money? What my cubbies? You know, I cubby, cubby. I, I'm looking at your tweet an hour ago and the, the, the odds for who's winning the World Series next year. Do, do you know how painful it was to watch Jorge Soler, former cubby? And they kept saying Royals. He's a cubby. That guy's, he won the MVP, by the way. Did you watch the rest of the playoffs when, you know, Boston has a cubby. Everybody has a cubby. All the cubbies are just doing. Chris Bryant's hitting homers for the Giants. Oh, it's painful. Yeah, it was like it was like uh, that Oprah meme, right? Like you get a cub, you get a cub, you get a cub. Like, Everybody gets a I, cub. Trust me, I I I saw that, and, it, and here's the thing: like at the time that the Cubs traded Jorge Soler to get Wade Davis, I thought it was a great Wade trade for them. Davis. You know, it just didn't work out, and, and since he left Kansas City, it's all been a bit downhill from there. But those are the trades that you make when you're in contention, and they just never sort of got past that initial piece. Um, but I, I do think they're going to spend money. I just don't know to what extent. Remember, the Ricketts family said that they lost uh, biblical proportions amounts during the pandemic, and uh, I don't necessarily buy it, but probably a conversation for another time. Can I give you my reason for all of that? Why you had to make trades like of that? It's real simple. It's of two course. words. Jason Hayward. Exactly. I like Jason Hayward. Oh, stop Without it. Jason Hayward, no. they don't win a no. World Series. No. <laughs> that was the worst contract ever. Because of that, you couldn't keep players and get anybody else. Terrible. Oh, I don't. I don't. I Terrible. Think I. See, I disagree with that. They Jason Hayward a, is a bad contract. 
<laughs> but with the amount of money that they have that they bring in every year, uh, that was not a hindrance to signing more players or ben. keeping Jason the Hayward around. is still there. <laughs> everybody still else, there. everybody else that's good is gone. He's still that's he, true. He, he, yeah, they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't unload him. No, but, you yeah, know why? Because no one wants that contract, man. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying that if it was if it was if it was clearly money, they could have still gone and gotten the guys that they wanted. But they they didn't think they were going to compete anymore. Eighty to one, Gus. Eighty to one. Eighty to one. Ben Eisler answer your fallen. fantasy football questions here, um, dude. Do you think people are legitimately picking up backup quarterbacks now as maybe the quarterback to have on the bench? I've never seen a week like this past week in the NFL where a backup to it with the Jets in Dallas start and actually get wins. Then Trevor Simeon comes in and, and helps the Saints get a victory. It's nuts when you look at it from that standpoint, huh? Yeah, and I, I think the, the, a lot of the backup quarterbacks at the beginning of the season, we we're talking about guys like Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance is, if you're going to go ahead and, and pick up a quarterback that wasn't starting at the time, those were the guys to do it because you knew eventually they were going to go out and make it. But um, and Mike White put up a, a performance, didn't he? Like, yeah. Considering the Bengals were, were a top-five defense coming into that game, um, and he lit them up for over 400 yards and three touchdowns and, and made uh, Jets fans forget about Zach Wilson just for a short period of time. Now, it's a short week, and we'll see whether or not he can – play up to it as a 10.5-point favorite on the road tonight against Indianapolis, and that's also a solid defense. Um, but they're in a bit of disarray, too. Carson Wentz finally had that bad Carson Wentz team that we've been waiting for since the early portion of the season. <laughs> right. Really costly turnovers. So, you know, the Jets are scrappy. There's some times where they're completely lost, and I think it's more so on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but, but Mike White taking some shots down the field, a lot of yards after catch. Um you know, I, I look at this ten and a half point spread. And I think absolutely the Jets on a short week can can hang with them, uh, considering that the Colts cannot be feeling good about themselves after the way they played. But Frank Reich's teams are also very, very good against the spread coming off a loss. What so a quick I think lead. if you're looking for, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think from that standpoint, like if you want to throw a dart throw at Mike White, if mm-hmm. both your quarterbacks are on by, right. I suppose you can. I mean, Trevor Simeon, I. He was efficient, but I don't think he's ever going to be that guy that's going to put up 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. And for some reason, you haven't looked at your team. Lions, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and Washington are off this week. So if you have a that's quarterback right. one of those four teams, you might want to go pick somebody up. Um, I wanted to bring it quickly here to home just because there are some people that went and picked up a guy like Alvin Kamara. And, and look, Jameis was efficient and was doing certain things, but whether it's Simeon, we don't know. I mean, Sean hasn't even made those quarterbacks available this week. And my guess is you won't know until you absolutely have to know. So let's say it's Hill. Let's say it's Simeon. How can those two guys, say, affect Alvin Kamara? Well, I think what you saw last year was that when Taysom Hill came in, Kamara's numbers were not good, particularly in the passing game. Um, His rushing efficiency was a little bit better because he wasn't carrying the ball as much. You know, he was averaging five, five and a half yards per carry, sometimes even more. He was also getting himself into the end zone plenty of time uh, just because a lot of those running lanes were opening up. But they just used Taysom Hill to the point where it didn't necessarily make Kamara a non-factor, but not the RB1 of the season that I think a lot of us anticipated. Um, you know, when you had Breeze out there, you always knew that he was going to get a ton of opportunities in the passing game. You know, looking at some of the, the numbers from last year, I still went over 80 receptions from a season ago. Um, and really, with the exception of the game against Seattle, where he had you know, 10 catches for 128 yards, um, the receiving targets just haven't been consistent this year. They've been there. Like, he had eight the previous week against Washington, mm-hmm. ended up with five catches, but he's just nowhere near that 80-plus that reception yard or that 80-plus reception target that we're seeing from him so far. So I think it's more – a Trevor Simeon quarterback likely is a better fantasy result for Alvin Kamara, but – um, you know, a Taysom Hill opportunity, I, I think, from an efficiency standpoint, actually might be better for him. 800-998-1003. If you have a question for Ben Heisler, fantasy football and gambling expert, if you have any from that side, <laughs> you'd like to ask him some questions here as well. So I was I always ask you about matchups and, and players that you, you probably want to start this week or maybe ones that maybe you pass on. Any of those for us this week? Yeah, I, I think when we're looking at some sort of intriguing matchups, um, I think Jalen Hurts is another just 
spectacular spot. He's at home against the Chargers. Chargers are reeling a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they are the worst team in the NFL at stopping the run. Not Kansas City Chiefs, not Detroit Lions. It is the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's pretty remarkable, uh, considering that Brandon Staley was in charge of the number one defense in the NFL a season ago and had the Chargers off to a start where a lot of people thought they might be able to knock off Kansas City for the AFC West. Uh, but they need to start turning things around fairly quickly. Um, the matchup against Philadelphia, especially with Jalen Hurts' running ability, should absolutely cruise this week. Um, one guy that I am staying away from, um, and this is sort of goes against all the really positive numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw some fight from the New York Giants this week, and the Las Vegas Raiders have a lot going on, obviously, with the, the release of Henry Ruggs and you know, thoughts go out to, to that victim and, the, and their family. Uh, after that DUI incident. But I, I just think there's a lot going on right now within the Raiders. And even though the matchup seems ideal, um, Carr and, and the rest of that team, I, I really want nothing to do with this week. So I'm probably going to be a, a full-on fade of the Raiders, um, mm. with the exception of maybe somebody like Darren Waller. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, looking at some of these matchups, one of the things, too, that also stands out to me is, and again, it's just an intriguing matchup just because quarterback is such a, I wouldn't even say polarizing, but it's just a focal point in the NFL. Patriots and Panthers. New England's four and four, but I almost get the sense and feel that what Matt Jones or what the Pats have sort of done is kind of looked at a little bit more favorably. Um, and I don't know what Carolina wants to do or, or be, right? I mean, benching Sam Darnold. They maybe went after Deshaun Watt. I don't know. I, I, I look at that matchup there and I'm like, you know, it's interesting to sort of see the trajectory, I guess, of those quarterbacks. No doubt, and I don't trust any scenario in which Sam Darnold is going up against the New England Patriots defense, right? Because that's when he saw ghosts, and and that was when things started to unravel. Now he's in a much better situation, obviously, with Carolina, and the Panthers defense has been pretty good. Uh, But I think what they did that was really effective was that they ran the ball extremely well. Uh, They ran for over 200 yards the first time they did that since the 2019 season. Uh, They really do miss Christian McCaffrey, but uh, you saw Chuba Hubbard really look impressive in that game. Ran 24 times, 82 yards and a touchdown, but um, he was just efficient. And he you know, was available for some passes out of the backfield. They split it up. Sam Darnold ended up rushing eight times for 66 yards. Factored in some Amir Abdullah in the mix as well, a little bit of Royce Freeman. Like They just fully committed to it to make Sam Darnold's life easier. And so I think if you do that against Patriots, at some point they will adjust. And so I really like New England in that matchup, even on the road uh, against Carolina, just because I, I'm still not entirely sure what the Panthers' identity is. We thought we saw it last week, but I'm not sure if that's going to be a mainstay against the Patriots' defense this week. Um, one final thing I think that I want to touch on when when you look at this Packers-Chiefs game, right? Jordan Love's going to get the start. And uh-huh. I had one guy uh, text me earlier, he goes, well, that's it. Jordan Love, 300 yards passing. <laughs> the Chiefs defense is terrible. I, I still think that, I don't know. I mean, do, again, to what you said earlier, if I have a buy on the QB or something like that, do I do that? Do I go and, and pick up Jordan Love just just because it's the Chiefs defense? You know what? I, I, I wish I had a good answer for you because you're right. The Chiefs defense is 29th in the NFL, but they've also been better. Mm-hmm. The last few weeks, like the, the game against the Giants um, that they lost or that they won 20 to 17, um, they, they played better on the defensive side of the ball. So there was some progress and they're also starting to get some guys back uh, that had been dealing with injuries, notably Chris Jones, who who's an absolute monster up front. Um, I, I think from a fantasy standpoint, Jordan Love is in play because he runs. And so if Green Bay is able to say, if you're in trouble and you don't see your, your number one or number two read downfield, take off and run, then yeah, he's very viable because as a rushing quarterback uh, in fantasy, that's going to rack up a ton of points. Like you, you just like Trey Lance had a really bad game uh, in his start. Like I think he didn't throw for a touchdown, had an interception, but he ran for almost 100 yards and was still one of the top 10 scorers in the NFL that week from a fantasy side. So, yes, Jordan Love is in play, and the Chiefs' defense has been atrocious stopping the run in particular, but I think the Chiefs also understand that they were just handed a break on an absolute silver platter with Aaron Rodgers testing negative here. So I think they're prepared to take advantage of it, 
and maybe Jordan Love is running for his life, and maybe that ultimately sits well from a fantasy perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not my favorite choice, but I certainly understand the upside play there. So am I taking some of my four-year-old's Christmas money and going 80-1? to one? <laughs> No, no, because even the joy of hitting on an 80-1 to one bet won't be as good as the joy of, of seeing your, your four-year-old son wake up with something that he wants. Okay, just making sure. I'd Benny Heiss is the way to follow him on Twitter. Well, what can uh, folks find over there at Bedsided, sir? Yeah, there's a, a ton heading into this week. Obviously, we got all sorts of, of news and information. Like you mentioned, the, the Packers and the Chiefs, we got some, some betting breakdowns, certainly uh, on the Saints and the Falcons, as far as every other game is concerned. Plenty of college football content as well. Uh, and I also want to just give our team a, a shout-out. Since October 31st, um, we've, we've been on a bit of a hot streak with uh, our NBA props. We do a daily NBA props uh, roundtable uh, with the team over at Best Sided, 14-4 and four against the spread uh, since Halloween. So I don't know whether or not we're going to be spooky bad a little bit later on to level things up, but, but right now you might want to ride. Man, as always, man, appreciate the time. My pleasure, guys. Have a great week. Yeah, for sure. Wish your wife well. At Benny Heist, the way to follow him over on Twitter. When we come back, head coach Blake Dean of the UNO baseball team. Why are we talking baseball and basketball and football season? Huh? The man's sticking around for a little bit. We'll ask him why uh, it is a big deal for the privateers over in the lakefront. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. It's the Black Friday sales event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 446 3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So, you've got some squeaky wipers? Sounds like it's time for a new set. We've got deals to help you get the job done and get ready for rainy fall weather. Right now, you can get a $15 AutoZone gift card by mail or email when you buy two Rain-X Silicone Advanced Edge wipers. And we've even got more ways to shop, like our free same-day store pickup and next-day delivery. Start your job today at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Sports Hangover coming up next hour. We'll speak with Jay Walker at the top of the hour, voice of the Cajuns, as we continue our Thursdays. Normally we speak with the voices of a couple of uh, college teams as we will Get them ready for their game coming up tonight over on ESPN. Uh, Lee Sterling, 215, Chip Patterson, national take on college football at 230. And in between there, of course, we'll talk about the Pels last night coming up again short now, one and eight. Saints back at it again. We'll touch on their injury report, but wanted to make a little time this afternoon for Blake Dean, who graciously comes on at the beginning of every baseball season. Talk about his privateers and sir. Um, there was a little miscommunication earlier when I was driving. Like, you scared me when you're like, wrong school, boss. I'm like, wait, no, you're still Blake Dean, right? Head coach of the UNO baseball privateer. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. Look, um, it is a big deal, isn't it, to to get, I guess, 
that confidence from a university and also to know that the direction is going the way you would like it as well. And in case for people that don't know what I'm talking about, it's not an extension yesterday, sir. It's going to keep you through the 2026 campaign. Yeah, you know, uh, looking back now, I've been here going on, you know, seven years now. It's been a uh, quite a ride. I've learned a lot of things, uh, you know, and I really appreciate this new administration, Dr. Nuclear, our president, uh, and, and everyone having some belief in me and where we've kind of gone this program and kind of made it consistent. Hopefully, continue to get this thing climbing and uh, keep going with it. But it's always a little reassuring and a, a small pat on the back to know that, you know, the, the people above you and who, who kind of hold mm-hmm. your job in the decision making process appreciate you. It's interesting you say seven years. It doesn't seem like it's it's been that long, and that's a good thing, right, uh, Blake? Because I, I guess that means things are going well, and it's sort of uh, one of those situations where in that seven-year time, I mean, you're looking at now where you're being able to impact or, I guess, recruit and kind of really kind of get to know the area. Not that you didn't before, but my point is, you know, in seven years, that's four years of somebody going through high school and then in college. So you're you're probably kind of – does it help, I guess, is what I'm getting at, in recruiting that you've been at a place now for seven years here? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, again, I think it shows, you know, I think that when I first got here, the stability of the university and the program was a big question. I think we've kind of nipped that one in the bud. I think everyone overlooks that. We're getting better local talent mm-hmm. uh, and getting guys that, that we want from that, you know, that aspect. So it just really solidifies, you know, all the, all the, the questions and doubt that people have, uh, you know, and again, for us, it's, a city, you know, I've I've grown to really love and enjoy being in with some of the best food and fishing in the in the country. So that's right up my alley when I get a little break from baseball. It's crazy in, in such a short amount of time, and I say that in terms of you have the most, you have the third most wins now in, in program history, 159. Um, any of them in particular stand out to you, Blake? Honestly, it's, it's, I, I couldn't tell you one that really just sticks out above the others. Probably my first one here. When I, you know, I'm, right? I'm standing in my office now. I'm looking at our, the, the lineup we had in our first win. You know, uh, it was actually against Alcorn State. You know, I look back, I'm like, man, how did how did we win the games we won that year with some of those guys? You know, it's just like, and you know, those guys, they just they weren't the most talented group, but and they laid the foundation down. They got, they, you know, they're some of the greatest guys I've ever coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great group to have, and I was at a wedding there, and I got to see a couple of them for the first time in a long time. And it just mm-hmm. brought back a lot of memories of, you know, those guys were the foundation to kind of get this place going again and get them back on the map. I remember talking at the beginning of last season, and it was about trying to find, you know, obviously who steps up for losses that you have, who's the guys that you maybe step up that you didn't expect and things of that nature. It, it, it's hard to kind of look at the way you guys ended last season and not think that that, that is the, I guess, stereotypical Ending the season strong, you finish second in the conference, get a couple of wins in the Southland Conference Tournament with two of them, a couple of grand slams. Like, you essentially finished last year so strongly that, yeah, it, there is momentum going to the season, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I had an older group last year, and those guys did well. They did okay. really, really well. And, you know, we had some really high moments, had a chance, you know, to potentially take the overall title and uh, come up short. You know, I mean, those guys go to the tournament. We, we go get run rolled the first game, and then we come back and, and run roll Northwestern, and then we we're up nine runs in the sixth and, and blow it to Southeastern. You know, so we talk about a roller coaster of a year with everything else going on. But those guys just played phenomenal. A lot of older guys, and it just again, it, it kind of set the benchmark going in this season for this whole group of new guys we have. You know, we have some some substance to look back on and some things to compare them to. Right. It just makes everything run a little smoother. Speaking with head coach Blake Dean of the UNO Privateer, signing an extension. It's going to keep him for a, a little bit. I, I was doing the math. I'm terrible at it, but my son turns five in December. If you see uh, the end of that contract there, coach, and, and it's still, that's like 10. He'll be like 10. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I'm not ready for that. You're just turning five. So it kind of gives you an idea. And I bring that up because longevity, knowing you're going to be in a place helps with the recruiting. You know what else helps, coach? Getting players over to the major leagues since you've been there for draft picks. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've, we've pretty much every year, I think outside of one, we've had a guy get drafted every single year and, uh, got a couple, two guys are up in AAA. I think, you know, Eric Orsi and Temple's, John's kind of bounced around a little bit, but I think Orsi's knocked on the door and ready to kind of get that first guy up in the big leagues, you know, watching, uh, Brian Snicker and what, you know, what he just did with the Braves being a former alum, you know, it's pretty special to, to say that, hey, this, this school's where that guy, you know, he coached or played at and, uh, his alumni here, so you know. Hopefully, we can continue that pipeline and get the next crop of guys moving up that way. 
I'm sure you've uh, you've said that a few times already. Some some some, uh, some living rooms, no, but no doubt. Look, I mean that having those ties absolutely does help, and I think another thing that helps too, coach, is the baseball in the conference that you guys have. I I know I don't have to tell you that we always talk about it, right? The the Thursday or Friday before the season starts, how difficult this conference is and how competitive it is. Literally every weekend series. No doubt, you know I've I've always said this. People devalue the South and conference and the. The teams in it, you know, uh, these Louisiana teams are tough. You know, they're tough year in and year out. Look at, you know, look at what the Nichols and Southeastern, Northwestern, McNeese, you know, this, this teams in our conference, it's, it's relentless. These guys have great talent. The coaches work hard. Uh, most of the teams are very blue collared. So, you know, you're not going to be given a win. Uh, it's a dogfight every weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's just something that, you know, we, we've kind of become accustomed to. And, you know, it just makes all of our other games a little bit, uh, not easier, but a little more. Uh, welcoming per se, and then obviously not only in that conference, but your out of conference games. I mean, the, the there are reason to go out to the lakefront, coach. Uh, I think you're gonna be facing my my school, Southern Miss, from back in the day. Uh, obviously, LSU will come there. The Cajuns are always. I mean, this state, as you mentioned, the, the midweek games are no joke. Your conference is hard <laughs> enough, but your midweek games are are pretty. You know, they're very competitive. No doubt, no doubt. I mean. Uh, like I said, those are as com- as competitive or more competitive than our weekend series. Now, obviously, <laughs> being a midweek game, they're not seeing our best arm, and we're not seeing their best arm. Right. The, the hitters and everything else are the same. But you know, like you said, we we go to LSU this year, and then they, you know, they come here, and we got two lane three times, Southern Miss twice, South Alabama twice. I mean, it's a gauntlet. <laughs> you know, you you wake up at the end of the year, and you know, if you can get to that thirty win marker right there around it, you've had a pretty mm-hmm. daggum good year with the teams we play around here. Because of that, and we got about two minutes here, Coach, with, with the the conference and obviously how you look at it, do you see college baseball sort of changing a little bit in this aspect? And I've asked a couple of baseball coaches this over the last two, three years. I, I, you always look for your Friday-Saturday starter, right? Sunday is a guy that's coming up, and I get that. Do you almost now have to start looking at a guy that you think can get you a couple of innings? Maybe not as your dominant Tuesday or Wednesday guy, but I almost feel like, man, those wins, you get four or five for certain schools, the midweek games, it's, you know, bullpen by committee. But for a lot of other schools, Coach, that could determine, you know, going into the postseason. Sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, nowadays, like you said, those those RPI games in the, in the you know, the middle Tuesday, Wednesday games, middle of the week, that, that could really change your outcome of your, your success at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, the, the more depth you have on the mound, obviously the better. But Sure. You know, and, and again, something to hang your hat on. You know, you beat LSU with, you know, good, good, good Lord in the team they're going to have this year. Uh, you know, with their, their hitters and stuff, that's something, you know, you look back at the year, it's something pretty special. It means something to these, you know, these teams in the state that aren't at their level. Uh, you know, so again, it's something where if we can find that midweek guy or even, heck, we might even run out a Friday guy out there. Who knows? You know, <laughs> let him let him throw a couple innings and kind of set the tone. But, you know, it makes a big difference come the end of the year, you know, when you look up and, like you said, You've got those, you know, five, six, seven midweek games that takes you from that 25 when mm-hmm. marked up to that 30, 30 plus. That's a big difference. Well, sir, we're in November. February will be here before you know it, and we'll talk again about your season coming up. I want to congratulate you, though. Obviously, you saw a lot of love from the local folks over here that cover sports that you got it, and I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about it on the air, man. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Blake Dean, head coach of the UNO Privateer baseball team, signing a new extension through 2026. Quick break, just like that. Hour two is in the books. Hour three next on ESPN New Orleans. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-70-STOP. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. 
I'm Pablo Torre, host of ESPN Daily, where every morning we present the best sports story of the day. And ESPN Daily is presented by Supercuts. Supercuts is the perfect way to get a haircut if you're someone who doesn't have time for a haircut. You just check in on the Supercuts app or you walk in for a quality cut. The highly trained stylist at Supercuts can always give you that fresh cut feeling fast. And it's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on supercuts.com.